Amen. I'm going to ask you to prepare your gifts tonight. Your gifts and why we got a special tonight during the offering. Pastor is asking Alicia to sing and she's going to sing a Christmas song. And uh, I'm so proud. I am proud of her. I tell everybody she's like a uh, she's like a saved version of a uh, Lori Morgan when she sings. She was a big old country singer, very good. Actually, sang a great song with the Beach Boys, by the way. But that's another deal. But uh, she's going to sing "Away in a Manger." And uh, is that it? Is that what we settled on? Or are you going to do the Handel's Young Messiah? Daniel wants you to do the Handel's Young Messiah. Or she, she can do the Carol of the Bells. You know that song? Hark, how the bells we We could do our old choir days, honey, back in high school. Anyway, the baskets are here. Bring your gifts. Deja's in the back with the cube. And folks, it's Christmas and then... Oh, Pastor, are you coming up after this, or we got Daniel coming? Okay, Pastor's coming, and then Daniel's going to be bringing the word. And he better bring it, or he's going to have trouble with me after church. All right. No reindeer, no sleigh bells ringing, winter wonderland. No ribbons, cards or bows, no wandering eyes to close. No Santas in the town of Bethlehem. But shepherd boys in quiet expectation journey to the place where wise men go. And mankind did behold in a stable by the road the God of ages wrapped in swaddling clothes away in a manger no crib for a bed the little Lord Jesus lay down his sweet head oh the stars in the sky look down where he lay the little Lord Jesus asleep on the
I don't know about you, but I'm always excited to come into the house of God because I believe every time we do a gathering, it is a divine appointment for something good to happen. I'm, I'm a strong believer that um, as long as we're here, we might as well be ready to meet the Lord at any time. Come on. Um, the Bible says in Psalms 143 and verse 3, it says, Guard, O Lord, over my mouth, keep watch over the door of my lips. And I just want to tell you, be careful what you speak, be careful what you say, because there's power in what you say. Amen? You're, listen, the Bible says the power of death and life is in the tongue. We have the power to speak, and a lot of times... What happens to a lot of believers, um, they, they actually speak curses over their life. And God wants you to start speaking blessings over your life and say over your life, I will have life and I'll have life more abundantly and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. <clears throat> and listen, if the enemy cannot break your focus, then he cannot stop your destiny. Stay focused in this season because here's the thing. Focused people will get to their destiny and they'll get to their purpose. And I'm just excited because I know that good things, the latter rain will be greater than the former rain. And through every obstacle, now I want you to get this, the closer you get to your promise, the greater the conflict. So if you're in great conflict right now, I come to prophesy that you're about ready to receive the breakthrough. Don't give up in this hour. Don't give in because the best, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. And don't pay attention about people that try to pull you down. They're already beneath you. Come on, somebody. Don't listen. You get them pulled up. Amen. You can't keep me pulled down in this hour because I've been through too much. I've been through too much hell in my life. And I am not going to repeat cycles because I'm declaring the latter rain will be greater than this former rain. And I don't know about you, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm just excited. Amen, because I know that things that's been prophesied over the people of this church and over, um, over my life, over my family's life, I believe before year 2021, we're going to see every promise come to pass in Jesus' mighty name. That's not too far away. I'm believing in healings. I'm believing in miracles. I'm believing that God is going to show up in such a marvelous way. We're, it's going to blow our minds. Come on. Our grandsons are going to be healed and delivered. We're going to have a mighty time to show everybody how good and how great God Jehovah is. He's a healer. He's a miracle worker. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. I'm tired of people saying, what about if you speak stuff and it doesn't happen? If you never speak it, it'll never happen. I'm going to keep on speaking it until it happens. I'm going to keep on believing until I receive it. Well, don't get blinded by your circumstances. Don't get blinded by your circumstances. Here's one of my favorite quotes I'm going to tell you. Don't judge my problem when you don't know my purpose. My purpose, listen to me, your purpose is bigger than your problem. 
Matter of fact, your problem is thinking that it can hold you back from your purpose. But if you start focusing on your purpose, you'll get through your problem. Come on, stand to your feet and clap your hands as a pastor, assistant pastor of this church comes and ministers the word of God. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad to have a young people that's on fire for God. I'm excited about the church in Carmel. I'm excited about Pastor Daniel. I'm excited about these young people because it's the young people that's going to bring the fire. It's the young people is going to bring the shouting and the old people is going to bring the weeping and us together it's going to bring the revival that we've been waiting for been seeking for and the best is still yet to come come up and preach the word of God give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise amen amen uh, amen I'm thankful for our pastor I'm thankful for uh, everyone that's here tonight um do we love each other tonight? Come on. Amen. Are we the body of Christ? Yeah. Are we the body of Christ? Amen. Yes. Nobody's replying today. Going to be a fun one. God, I thank you for everyone that's here. I ask that you would calm my mind, that you would calm my heart, that you would incline every ear in this place and every heart in this place to receive your word, to understand who you are in this hour, who you are in our lives that you go with us, you walk before us and behind us, God. You are not far from any one of us, Father. We thank you. We love you. I ask that you would humble me, hide me behind the cross, cover me with blood. I thank you for it. In your name, amen. Amen. Um, well, I'll tell you what. It's snowing today. Um, I used, to, uh, I used to, to think differently about snow when I was younger. Uh, the, today was my first day as a delivery driver in snow. The only thing that I realized is I'm a modern-day Santa Claus, so that's probably why I'm getting big. But uh, other than that, not, not too great when you happen to drive through it, but it's all right. Uh, it does remind me of, of Scripture. Though your sins be as scarlet, he will make them whiter than snow. Amen? Whiter than snow. I was thinking about that today. Every time I would go into uh, the next house and I would see the, the perfectly you know, laid field, no footprints in it, no, no mud, no dirt, no nothing, just perfectly white. And I'm like, man, think about the, the goodness of God's forgiveness, how, how much he can change our lives. Amen? Amen. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Last time, whenever I preached right before Thanksgiving, um, I made mention to uh, um, maybe some, what did I call it, intense family discussions that some people have during the holidays. Um, our holiday season is getting close to wrapping up. It's obviously very close to Christmas. Um, what is it, like a week away? Something like that. Ten days. You guys are keeping better track than I am. I used to count down like minute for minute. Not this year. I've been busy. Um, but it's Christmas is coming up really quickly. A lot of people going to be going with families. I know right now we're, um, you know, we're missing a couple people out. Um, Lauren is somewhere warm, right, Arizona or something like that, forget you, Lauren, if you're watching, but um, now we miss you, but people go to their families, people go to different places, we're going to be around family, um, but how many of you know that sometimes you don't really have that to go to? There's a lot of people that, that honestly, while Christmas for a lot of people is one of the best times of the year, the holiday season is some of the best times of the year for a lot of people. Um, you know, some of them might be represented here today. It's one of the loneliest, one of the loneliest times of the year. Okay? And he's like, ooh, where's he going? I'm going to go to Job is where I'm going. <laughs> Threw you all for a loop. Uh, Christmas message starting in Job, amen? Let's go to Job 23 starting in verse 8, and we're going to go down to verse 9. Job 23, starting in verse 8. Oh, man, because I want to face this um, dilemma that we have um, as an American people, as, a, as the church of, um, of loneliness, of feeling like we are abandoned, feeling like um, there's nobody around for us, okay? Whenever you're, you seem like all your friends are gone, all your family is gone, it seems like you're knocking on God's door and you're not even here to reply. Anybody been there? No. 
I know. Job 23, starting in verse 8. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. I go backwards, but I cannot perceive him. When he acts on the left, I cannot behold him. He turns on the right, and I cannot see him. We're going to stop right there for now. So Job is, we know the story of Job, right? We know Job is getting put through it right now. He's lost his family. He's lost his kids. He's lost all of his cattle. He lost his dog, his cat, and his parrot. He's lost everything, right? He's, he's got boils on his skin. He's, his health is degrading. The only thing that he has is his wife who is saying, curse God and die. He's in a tough time. Anybody been in tough times? Holiday season, a lot of people, tough times, extremely tough times, right? And so the world wants to put us in this place, right? The world, the enemy, wants to put us in this place of isolation, wants to put us in this place of loneliness, and, and you're on an island, nobody's listening to you, nobody's here for you. I mean, Job literally has three friends, I think four friends actually at this time, sitting around talking with him saying, Job, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, maybe it's this. They have big old long chapters in Job, right? And then Job starts up, and he doesn't even acknowledge them or talk to them in this chapter. He just blurts them out. He's like, listen, I just need to talk with God. I just need to, to, where are you, God? Where are you, God? Where are you at? I, I look forward and I can't see you. I look into my future. It's, it seems like you're not there. I look into my past. It's like you're not active. You're working on, over on the left hand, but I can't see you. You're turning on the right hand, but I, I, where are you? All around, it's like I can't find you, right? Has anybody ever asked the question, God, where are you? Yeah? Where are you, God? I've asked this question. I actually, I'll be honest, I've asked this question quite recently. It, where are you? Even if things aren't going bad, even if things are going fine, it's just like, man, I feel like my prayers are hitting the ceiling. I feel like I'm doing this and doing that. I'm spinning my wheels. It's not like I'm going backwards, but I'm not really going forwards. Am I alone in this fight? Where are you? Where'd you go? You know, I thought you were close to me. I thought you were with me. Yesterday, I felt you. The day before that, I felt you. But right now, it's like, where? Where are you? Right? Ho, 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 Christmas message. We'll get there. Where is he? Where's he at? So we feel isolated even from God, right? That there's an isolation that always tries to take place in your life, okay? It even talks about it in James, which we're going to talk about later. In James chapter 1, starting in verse 1, he says, this is from James, the Apostle James, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's written to the 12 tribes of the dispersion. And most of the time, 100% of the time, I promise you, everyone just kind of reads over that one and skips to verse 2. But verse 1 kind of gives a picture. I'm not saying that it was Christmas when he wrote it, <laughs> but it gives a picture of the loneliness that some people feel. The Jews that are in the dispersion, as in like they were dispersed, as in there was one over here, there's one over here, there's a family over here, there's a family over there. They're not all in Jerusalem. They're not all in Judah, Judea. They're scattered, right? They're scattered. Maybe you have instances in your life where you can't be close to a family member. You can't be close to a loved one. Maybe that loved one isn't around anymore. You feel like during this time, you feel like in your life you are scattered. There, it's It's too far gone, they're too far away, I can't reach them, right? And to put on top of that, I'm in a situation where I feel like I can't find God, where I'm not located on his map, right? I'm just, I'm just talking right now, I'm just talking right now, give me a minute. But we feel like we have these times and these seasons where honestly it's nothing but a lie, it's nothing but a lie. Nothing but a lie. And that's where I believe the Christmas message came in, where Christ entered in, where he changed all of this. Amen? Because the, the question of God, where are you? God, where are you? Where are you? 
where is God? The question. Where's God? I'm alone. My family's over there. My, my, my friends are over here. I'm here. I'm stuck. I'm stuck in this temptation. I'm stuck in this financial crisis. I'm stuck. I'm turning my wheels. My brain is always going, but I'm not getting any traction. Where is God? Where is God? I'm trying to make sense of it, and I keep asking why, and I keep asking where, where, where. Where, where, where is God? But I want to read the rest of Job 23, and then we're going to unpack where I believe um, God wants to take us tonight. Because in Job 23, he says in verse 8, I go forward, he is not there. I go backwards, but I cannot perceive him. When he acts on the left, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right, I cannot see him. So I can't see him anywhere I go, anywhere I look. I look up, down, left, right. He's not there. But he knows the way I take. In verse 10. But he knows the way I take. When he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Amen? What he knows the way I take. So here's the thing that I want us to unpack and I want us to start to understand. In a minute, we're going to go to Matthew. But I think about this. It's not even a story. It's something I saw unfold before my eyes. Baby Ham is hilarious. <laughs> I don't know if y'all know Baby Ham. It's Big Ham's son. Baby Ham, I've seen him get in trouble before, right? And when Baby Ham gets in trouble, he has this thought in his mind where he covers up his eyes, right? Because in his mind, he thinks that if he can't see you, then you can't see him, right? Do you have that picture, Deja? I want to show that picture. This is, I mean, it's, 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 it's the little kid mentality. <laughs> it's playing hide and seek, right? Right? Whenever this little kid says, God, I look forward and I can't see you. I look behind and I can't see you. I look left, I look right, I can't see you, right? Our minds sometimes think that if we can't perceive something, that it's not there. You know, baby ham is like, if, if, if I don't see them, all of a sudden I'm hidden. And I don't have to endure their, their, their correction. It's not how it works. <laughs> Job goes on to says, he knows the way I take. This is what we have to realize. Even if you don't see him, he sees you. Even if you can't feel him, he's there. Okay? I'm going to take a couple minutes to unpack this. Let's go to Matthew 1. Let's go to Matthew 1. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> Think about all the time. <laughs> Baby hands. I mean, he, he was for real about it, too. Like, he didn't, like, go and hide behind a pillar. He's just standing there one minute about to take the correction. Then he's like, <sighs> and he's just like, <laughs> he thinks it's like a superpower that he's just gone. <laughs> if I can't see them, that means they're not here. If I can't see God, that means he's not here. Watch out. Matthew 1, starting in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. Actually, we're going to skip a little bit. Do you guys know the, the story of the birth of Jesus? He was a virgin birth. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit into Mary. An, an angel had to come to Joseph in a dream. Amen? We're on track? Let's go down then. Uh, 20. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. God with us. God with us. Because isn't that the beauty of, of what we see take place through the incarnation of Jesus, that when he became flesh, when God became flesh, right? Because we know that Jesus wasn't actually called Emmanuel, right? We know that he was called Jesus. We call him that all the time. His name was Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And then he goes on to say, but he will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
right? But nobody, I mean, I don't call him Emmanuel a lot of the time. I call him Jesus, you know? And so it begs the question, at least for me, whenever I was a kid, I was always like, why specifically did they have to put that in there, that this prophecy would be fulfilled, that the son would be called Emmanuel? Because his name was Jesus, so it seems like there's like a disconnect, right? It seems like it, okay, so the angel told him to call him Jesus, but then said that it was fulfilling the prophecy that he would be Emmanuel. What? That doesn't make any sense. Unless if you know the translation, which thank God they put it in there for us. Which being translated means God with us. It's his title. It's his attribute. What they were saying was, listen, you've lived your life not being able to see God. You've lived your life like Job, just just completely blind to this, to all of your struggles and all of your issues, even more than he did. You've had 400 years of silence without a prophet. But now all of a sudden, I'm not only going to send a prophet to you. I'm going to send myself to you in flesh. That's what Emmanuel meant. His, his name is going to be Jesus. But I want to remind you that this isn't just a prophet or an angel or just some good guy that I sent to you to, to give you good teachings. I want to remind you that this is Emmanuel. This is, the, this is God with you. With you. Right in front of your face. So you can't ever question again, well, I don't see him. I, I don't see him, so I can't, I can't trace him. I can't, it doesn't make sense. He said, no, 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 let's, let's throw that out the window right now. Because Jesus is going to be the personification of God with you. God with you. No longer walking around in darkness. But he's going to be with you. Amen? I think about the story of... Uh, um, I think it's a poem or something. I can't remember it, um, and I'm not going to try to remember it, but I'll give you the paraphrase version. Um, footprints in the sand. Yeah, everybody knows footprints in the sand. Or it's like uh, along the, the road at the end of somebody's life or something. Um, he went up to heaven, and he asked Jesus. He, he looked back, and he saw all the, the years of his life like footprints on a beach in the sand, right? And... Uh, he said that some places he would see two sets of footprints and some places he would see one set of footprints. He said, God, why is it that the hardest times in my life, you, you left me? Why is it that I, at this point you were walking with me when everything was all good, but in the hard points of life, it seems like I was walking alone. There was only one set of footprints. And he said, my child, whatever. It was then those times when there was only one set of footprints in the sand, it was then that I carried you. Amen. And then he says, in that long line where it's kind of squiggly down the beach, that's when I had to drag you. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that was the Daniel version. But <laughs> um, it's true. It's true. We look back on things, right? We look back and, it, okay, we don't look back. Let's, we're in the situation at the time. And it's so hard for us to realize and for it to click and for us to get it that God is with us. That God is with us. We think we fight alone, right? I, I just identified it a couple minutes ago. So if you can't say amen, you got to say ouch. I just identified that we, we go through these times of God, where are you? God, where are you? God, where are you? proves to us that there's something in us that needs to be rearranged, refocused, rechanged to realize, get a true realization of what this name Emmanuel means. God is with us. He's with you. You don't walk alone anymore. You, you, don't, you, you don't walk alone ever. Amen? Never once did you walk alone in your life. Everything that's happened to you, everything that's, that you've gone through, no matter what it seems like, no matter what it felt like, we have a revelation in Matthew. He was sent to be God with us. That's why they use that name. They didn't want us to forget that. They didn't want us to skim past that. Okay, he saved me from my sins. Great. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. No, he's with you. He's with you from then until... Be sure that he who started a good work in you will complete it till the day of Jesus Christ's return. 
Amen? Be sure of that. That's what the scripture says. Be sure that whatever he started in you, he will keep working on it until he perfects it. Don't get discouraged and don't think that it's, you've gone too far or that it's been too long or that, that some whatever situation or whatever excuse you could come up with in your mind that God has just automatically poof left you. You do realize that Jesus took all of our sin for us, right? He took all of our guilt for us and he took all of our shame for us. But do you realize something else that happened? Um, it says that when Jesus was on the cross, God had to turn his face from him. Amen? That all the, all the sin of the world was laid on him and God had to, he couldn't look at it. He had to turn his face from him. May I tell you, he did that so you wouldn't have to go through it. Let us sink in. He did that. He took that shame. He took that pain. He took that loneliness and that literal separation so we wouldn't have to anymore. Do we really believe that Jesus is God with us? That he walks with us? He walks with us. Amen? Amen. I, the, the story of, of redemption should change our minds about this question. Emmanuel, God with us, was personified and exemplified at the cross. Where he said, I'm going to tear down the dividing wall that we've had. I'm going to remove your sins. I'm going to take the shame I'm going to take the isolation of God not being able to look at you anymore. I'm going to bear it. And he says in John 16, I forget what verse. I think it's John 16, 30-ish. From now on, you don't have to ask for anything in my name, but you can ask the Father yourself because the Father loves you because you believed in me. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, our separation from God has been destroyed through his blood. Do we believe that? Do we really believe that? Because I've lived so many years of my life. God forgive me, right? Legit, actual repentance, right? On, on Tuesday. And then on Friday, I'm still trying to get back in good graces with God. Right? Because I, I go through these situations, right? Because I have this trouble, because I have this financial struggle, because I have this, because I have that. We're like, man, I know God must, must have abandoned me. I must have this. I must have, uh, I must have that. I must have that. And we're spending all of our time in our mind trying to figure out what we can do to get, you know, we can do something so great and so amazing that God will just eventually be like, oh, I love you again. What? <laughs> what? You look like baby ham. You know what I mean? Not a good analogy. I just wanted to bring him up again. <laughs> we, we can't reach it. We can't grasp it. That's the beauty of what Christmas did, of what Christ did. We celebrate the fact that he came because without his arrival, we would still be separated from God by our sins. We wouldn't be sitting here you know, listening to how we need to live like Christ. We actually, if you want to be legit, us Gentiles wouldn't know anything about salvation. We would be pagans serving, serving all types of gods. And the Jews would still be performing a bunch of, of, of rituals and sacrifices trying to atone for their sins that could never make up, could never satisfy. It's the beauty of, of what Jesus is. Not just what he did, what he is. He came to destroy the dividing line between us. Between us and between us. Right? So we don't have to wander around anymore. Yes, there are times when it feels like we can't feel him or we can't see him. But we have to get past that lie of if I can't see him, that means he's not there. It's such a lie. It is such a lie. If I can't feel him, that means he's given up on me. Such a lie. So ridiculous. 
we should understand that Jesus, when he came, did not just come to set me free of my sin, but he came to be God with me every day of my life. He's with me. He is God with me. He's my Emmanuel every single day. Amen? He wasn't just my Jesus whenever he saved me. He's my Emmanuel that's going to walk with me every single day until he comes back. And every single day he's going to work in me everything that I need to face this life as I should. To face these struggles as I should. To go through troubles as I should. Because troubles do come. You know, I can't, I can't come up here and say, listen, Emmanuel means God with us. Let's celebrate Christmas and let's celebrate our Emmanuel. And just, we never ever have to feel pain because God is always with us. That's ridiculous. It's about as ridiculous as baby hands going like this. <laughs> That's, it's my favorite. I'll use that every single time I preach. Um, <laughs> amen. But James, right? James 1.1. He says, this is from James, and this is to the Jews who are dispersed about. To you guys that are lonely, to you guys that are isolated, to you guys that seem like you're not around family, that seem like you're going through a bad time. Again, it probably wasn't the holiday season, but I think it relates. When you go through these issues, when you go through these intense family discussions, Solomon told me about a video or something, I, I can't, can't exactly remember what it was, but... Um, he was, he was like, you remember how you were talking about those intense family discussions over Thanksgiving? I was like, oh, Lord, please help, help Solomon's family. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Um, but he was like, no, I found this video. Um, and these guys were just going at it, just going at it. And I looked something up. I don't know if it was it or not, but, I mean, I'll just act like it was. He went at it. <laughs> I mean, like, at it, you know? And I lost everybody. Holiday season? Man, we're all, we're all nice and cool in church, aren't we? We have no issues with our family. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, amen. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for that. He lost it. I mean, he threw the turkey and everything, man. I mean, like, he, he lost it. I mean, like, the dad's making holes in the walls. It's like, oh, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Um. <laughs> But don't we go through those times? It's like something's not clicking. Something's not working. Something's go, so I either don't have them or when I'm around them, ooh, I wish I didn't have them. That was supposed to be where you laugh. I guess I cut too deep. Um, I either don't have them or when I'm around them, I wish I didn't have them. I'm, I'm preaching too honestly. Um, I'm just telling you, during this time, when financial stress is at a maximum, I work for a delivery company. I know what everyone buys. Calm down, y'all. Um, calm down. <laughs> you go in summer, everybody's outside, you know, oh. no, not in winter. <laughs> I'm there about three hours later. Um, calm down with what you buy, please. I'm just kidding. But when, when financial stress is at a high, when a lot of times family tensions and friend tensions are at a high, when, when loneliness rages, right? Because, I mean, come on. Everybody wants to talk about how beautiful and perfect and amazing the holiday seasons are. It's beautiful and perfect and amazing until you get the bill, right? Right? Amen. The adults and the, the people that have to buy for people say Amen. Amen. I mean, even as, a, even as a teenager, sure, it's great to have time off of school, but, you know, you miss your friends. You know, you miss the people that you like to be around. Or you have to, you're forced to be around people you don't like. <laughs> okay, I need to stop saying that one. I think they've got it. <laughs> Back to James. To the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad, King James would say the dispersion, greetings. Uh, James wastes no time here. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. 
And let endurance have its perfect reward or result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. In a time, not even just holiday season, but 2020, we all know how it went. We're nearing the end of it, right? Some lost jobs, some lost, you know, income for a, a specific amount of time. Some lost family members. We know 2020. We know. We all went through it. Uh, we're about two or three weeks done with it. And not even just 2020. In this life, we're going to have trouble. It's just multiplied right now. Okay, sorry. <laughs> just how it is. In life, we have trouble. We have trouble. And here's the thing that makes it difficult for us to go through trouble. A lot of times is we feel like we're going through it alone. And we don't see the result of it. We don't see the result of our trouble and our trial. Amen? I want to talk a couple, uh, just a couple things real quick about what trouble does for us. And how Christ helps us and how Christ made this available to us. Trouble makes us humble. It makes us humble. It makes us humble. I think about in Hebrews where it says that Jesus had to be humbled. He was made perfect through being obedient and submissive and through what he went through. The fact that he went through trouble can give us hope. Because if we've established that God is with us, amen? If we've established that God is with us, the second logical step is we have to establish whether or not he can help us. Hebrews also says that we don't have a high priest who isn't familiar with our struggles and our sufferings, but he faced them all. He was tempted in every point, and he was tested and tried in every point. You have identity issues? Don't worry. Jesus had to go through that too. Amen? It, does it say he was tempted in every part? Yes, it does. Do you have a, a certain addiction that tries to come in and, and wrap, your, wrap itself around your mind and you feel like you're constantly fighting images away? God's with you. Don't worry. He had to face it too. Amen? He's a high priest that can relate to us. He can relate to us. Amen? But anyway, trouble makes us humble. Makes us humble. Trouble purifies us. It purifies us. I, I look back to the story that we read in Job. In Job 23, he says, I look forward, I can't find him. Backwards, I can't see him. Right, left, nada. But he knows the path I take. And when he has tested me, when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. I will come forth as gold. I, I think of the story, I forget what preacher it was, um, but they talked about a time that they went to visit a silversmith. And the silversmith was, was refining this silver, and the fire would come up. And the, the fire would, would uh, make all these impurities come up out of this silver, right? And you'd have, he'd have to wash away all the impurities as it goes. And he was purifying the silver, and the flames were going, and it was going through the melting pot. It was going through its test so that it could be refined, amen? And, and he said, when is it that you know that the silver is purified. When is it that you know that the silver is purified? And he kept on going and kept on going. And he said, I know that this silver is pure when I look in there and I only see my reflection. Can't you see the Heavenly Father saying, listen, the test and the trial that they're going through, I got to keep getting rid of the impurities until when I look in there, the only thing I can see is my reflection. Is the image of God. Is what we're being perfected and purified into. Amen? So trouble, it, don't, don't be weary with your test. Don't get weary with your test. It's going to keep you close to God with humility, number one. Number two, it's going to purify you. It's going to make you more like Jesus. It's going to make you look more like him if you allow the process to go through. Amen? And number three, trouble creates character. In James, it says, let rejoice when you fall into various temptations because it will produce endurance. 
and endurance will produce perfection. It's going to get character inside of you. Let it have its work. Let it go through. That way, at the end of the day, you're not lacking in character. It says you won't be lacking of anything. This is what I really want to face. Because there's, there's, there's the big two issues that we come to whenever we get to trouble, whenever we get to temptations. Every situation in our lives, other than the specific moments when we feel like we're on the mountaintop, it's where is God and why am I going through this? Where and why? Where and why? Where is God? Why am I going through this? Those are the two things I want to smash tonight. It's, it's going to get us out of this state of feeling like we're dispersed and feeling like we're scattered and feeling like we're alone and isolated. When we realize God is with us and what I'm going through is going to make me more like him. It's going to make me look more like him. And he's going to give me the power to get through it. Amen? Man, this is going to make me look more like Jesus. But it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing how Jesus decided to, to conquer this. How Jesus, we get, just for a second, just imagine it. Just picture. So you have the cosmos. You have this heavenly father that created all the world. That he rules and reigns over. He is in charge over all of it. He snaps his finger and Mountains are destroyed. He thinks and floods destroy the earth. Right? All powerful, almighty. But he knows that his creation, that the human race, has no way of reaching him. Has no way of, of attaining to him. Right? He could have, man, so easily he could have just zapped your free will. And all of a sudden you're just, you know, robot Solomon. Robot Steve, which I wouldn't want to see, um, but we're just, we just, we just do what he tells us to without any choice, without any thought, right? He could have, he could have, and then that could have fixed it. He could have said, here are my 613 laws, I'm going to force them to keep them now, and then all of a sudden the separation between God and man would have not existed. Because they would have been able to live up to the standard. Right? Right. But that's not how he did it. He didn't go around the system of sin to save us. He did not go around the system of trouble and loneliness and anxiety and fear and depression and perversion. He didn't go around it. He didn't bypass it. He came as a human. He came as a baby. He came through it. Jesus didn't work around our sin. He saved us through it. If you ever, if you ever think that you, you just need a, an instant little zap in your mind, that God, I just, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with this sin, I'm struggling with this loneliness, I'm struggling with this, you know, this depression, I, you just need to just zap my mind, and then all of a sudden I won't have that desire anymore. Not how Jesus did it. Not how Jesus did it. He was tempted in every part, he was fully human. He was fully God. But he did not sin. He came through it. So if you ever feel like there's a time that you have to be delivered out of your situation, because trust me, God can deliver you out of your situation. But how much more beautiful was the picture when you can look back and say, man, my God delivered me in my situation, through my situation, while I was lonely, while I was tempted, while I was being dragged away. He saved me in it. You have prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In the presence of my enemies. Though a thousand may fall at your right hand, ten thousand at your left, none of it by any means will befall to you. Amen? Amen. Don't, don't trip out and don't wig out. Because this is another thing that recently, I mean, I, you know, I just, sometimes I just cry out to God. One, one thing that I just cried out was, where, God, where are you? And then about five seconds later, I could have had a V8, you know what I mean? Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm God with you. I'm with you. You can't see me. You can't feel me. You can't hear me, but I'm with you. Another question is, God, why, why is it that you made me how you made me? There are things in my life 
that I felt like it would be a lot easier for me to do what I'm supposed to do, do what I need to do, if you would have rewired this part of my brain or this part of my body. Again, Daniel's preaching too honestly right now. He said, why is it that you made me like this? Why, yeah, mm-hmm, there's the yeahs and the mm-hmms. Couldn't you have just, just changed the little bolt on this part of my brain or that part of this, and then I just I, I wouldn't have to deal with this anymore. I wouldn't feel this way anymore. And it would just be sunshine and roses and butterflies all the time. Right? Amen? No, 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 no. Emmanuel, God with you. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not over here. Not in, he's not in some weird random place that he's just going to automatically deliver you and just you're just in fairy tale land for the rest of your life. When you get your deliverance, when you get your freedom, you're going to have to go right back out into the world the next day. And in this world, you're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer. He has overcome the world. Amen. If you believe that our God is with us, then you've got to believe that he is more powerful than anything you're going through. You don't, you don't have to be, you don't have to change a single thing. You don't have to change a single thing about you. God made you exactly the way that he wanted you to be. And he has given you the power to do it through him. You don't have to do it. You have to rely on him to do it. The more that we try to do it, the more that we end up on our face. But if we rely on the work of the cross... To say, listen, I can't bridge that gap, but I know, I believe, I trust that you are God with me. And that if I love you, if I give my life to you, you're going to get me through every situation. And I'm going to be able to trust that everything that I ask is going to go straight to the Father because he loves me. And he's with me. He's for me and he is not against me. In Romans 8. Do we think that God is automatically, let's go there. Romans 8 is too good. Romans 8, uh, starting in verse, uh, I think it's 31. We'll see. We'll be wrapping up here in a couple minutes. Romans 8, let's do it, starting in verse 37. 37. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer, or we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, and right now I'm standing here saying to you, and I'm praying, I'm praying, and I'm, I'm desperately yearning that this is what we will be able to say as a church body. I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor debt, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Amen. If God was with me when he came as a baby in the manger, I have to realize that he is with me today, right now. He is my overcomer. I have overwhelming victory through him. I don't have to stay on my face, and I don't have to stay defeated. There's nothing that's ever going to separate me from him. I don't care what principality, nor power, no angel, no height, no depth. Nothing. Nothing will separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Nothing can separate us. The, the thing is, the work of the cross, the, the, the picture of Christmas... The picture of Jesus coming and, and wrapping himself in flesh in what you struggle with, in what you struggle with, in what you struggle with, in what I struggle with, in what everybody struggles with, and the fact that he won victory over it should be the greatest news we could ever imagine. It, if, if everything came at this man Jesus and he conquered it all and he walks with me, then why is it that I feel like I can't overcome? Why is it that I feel like I'm alone? Why is it that I feel like I'm not a part? Why? That's the good why to ask. <laughs> not the, why am I going through this? Why am I like this? Where is God? No, 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 no. 
this is what it says in Isaiah. This is the, this is in Isaiah 50. We don't have to turn there. Um, but in Isaiah 50, it's, it's um, a prophetic picture of Jesus. He says, I gave my, my, my beard for them to be pulled out. I gave my cheek for it to be bruised. I gave myself to them. I, was, I had the hearing of a disciple, and I did not close my mouth. This is a picture of Jesus. And then it says at the end, he says, the Lord God helps me. Who is he that condemns me? If the Lord, my God, vindicates me, where are my accusers? That's the question. Where is anyone in this world that can fight against your, you and the God that's in you? Where is anyone in this world that can separate you from God, that can separate you from his love? Where? That's the real where. Not where is God. Where is anyone who can stand against God? Because I know where he's at. He's right with me. Every morning, every afternoon, every night, he walks with me. He guards me in my sleep. He's with me when I wake up. He's with me when I'm walking, when I'm talking. He knows the steps that I take. He watches me completely and totally. I can never hide from him. And he loves me. So why should I be discouraged? Why should the storms cover me? His eyes on the sparrow, so I know that he watches over me. I know he watches over me. Aren't you more valuable than many sparrows, he says. If he knows when one sparrow falls down, don't you think that he knows where you are? Don't you think that he knows where you are tonight? Don't you? Can't we realize that God's with us? That he's with us? He is deeply and intimately acquainted with every single thing, every up and every down that we could ever go through. And the only reason why he would let you go through anything is because it makes you more like him. Because he has to keep you going through it and going through it until he can see his reflection. Until he can see his image. Rejoice, my brothers, when you go through diverse temptations. For we know that the trying of our faith works patience. Let patience have its full work so that you may be perfect and complete, wanting nothing. Amen. Lacking nothing. Don't you know that God knows where you are now? He knows exactly where you are. He knows the, the troubles, the desires, the, the, the hurts, the pain, and the temptation that you're in right now. I know that we're so busy to, to realize it sometimes. Or we feel like we look around and we can't see it. We feel like we search for it. We put out our feelers, but we can't feel it. We feel like we're alone. We cry out, God, where are you? We cry, we cry out, God, why this? Why that? Christmas should, should be able to smash that for us. Remind yourself tonight, even if I can't see him, even if I can't feel him, I trust that he is God with me. He's God with me. He's with me. He goes with me. He walks beside me. He leads me. Amen. When I go through the trouble, I can say, God, I know that you're right here. And I know that through this, it's going to make me look more like you. I thank you, God, because through this trouble, through this testing, through this temptation, I'm going to be more like Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what. He's always been with us. He's always been with us. And he's never left us and he's never forsaken us. We can rest as this Christmas season comes up. No matter what we face, no matter what may come at us, no matter what seems to attack us, we can say, listen, I don't care what it is. My God is with me. My God is with me. And honestly, by what he's done, he's united us as a people. I know my God is with me, and I know my family is right over here, 3017 East, 100 North. <laughs> We're the body of God, aren't we? We're the body of Christ. We're the bride of Christ, amen? Amen. God, I thank you for everyone that's here today. I ask that you would move on our hearts and you would move on our minds, that in the times that we felt like we couldn't see you, we could not trace you, we could not track you, that we will learn to trust you, God. Even right now in our situations where we feel like we are alone, where we feel like we are abandoned, let us know that we are never abandoned by you, God. 
that if you've started a good work in us, that you will continue it, you will perfect it, and you will complete it. That not only are you Jesus, our Savior, but you are Emmanuel, God with us. That you've came through this sinful nature to destroy it, to have dominion over it. That no temptation, test, or trial could ever separate us from you. No power, no principality, no angel, nothing good, nothing bad could ever separate us from your love, Father. We know that you love us. We know that we are your called and chosen people. I ask right now, God, that as we go and as we face these troubles, as we face these trials, that we would remember that you are always right there with us. You have always been right there with us, God. You have conquered death, hell, and the grave. You have conquered this flesh nature. You have conquered isolation, loneliness, depression. You are our king. You are our savior. And you are our great conqueror. We conquer through you. We walk in your love and we find victory in your love, Father. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. And we thank you for your coming as a baby boy. You came through flesh so that you could defeat flesh, Father. We thank you and we love you. Amen. Come on, let's stand to our feet. If you would, play a, a song on the CD or something. And I just want to...